Hello, ASL fans. Hello, ASL fans all around the world. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. I'm Dave. I'm Jeff. And, and this, this is the one and only podcast dedicated, oh, 80% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. And, you know, I don't know how many percent it is, but in any case, it's more percentage than anybody else's podcast. Correct about yeah, this topic. I think so. Absolutely. Unless there's something else. You know, it's very possible there's been... What if we were to find out there's been another ASL podcast for like the last five years and we just didn't know about it? That's why nobody listens to this show anymore. <laughs> Could I, be. I didn't say the date. It's uh, July 5th. 5th. The 4th was yesterday, but yeah, by the time you hear this, it'll happens. be a month ago. Yeah. But happy 4th, everyone. Happy Independence Day. Or as I call it, I was at the parade in, in uh, downtown Arlington Heights. There were a lot of old people there. Lots of old people. More than in the usual. parade. And, yeah, so I called it Independence Day. <laughs> that's, I'm going to be... Because most people were independent. going to be me soon. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? I go, oh, yeah. I can tell you already. Why? Do you have signs? Uh, signs, yes. Really? Yes. And my father at no. 85, God bless us all. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay. It runs in the family. <laughs> it runs. Hey, our parade. That's a pun. <laughs> our parade in Palatine. Yeah. First ever. This is the first time I ever saw this. You know, got pretty spread out. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it does. I'm like, who trains these people? Yeah. I mean, good Lord. How hard is it to stay within Close a, together? Yeah, quarter of a block. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, suddenly... The Sikhs went by, and I love having the Sikhs in the parade. They did a kick-butt float, an actual float. And what are all these politicians doing in the parade? I'm sorry. It's like politician after politician. All they do is they're walking. Some of them weren't even throwing out candy. I'm like, what kind of politician doesn't throw out signs, candy? Hey, vote for me, vote for me. And this woman who was running came up into the side over the curb, hugged her friend. Oh, it's you. Hey, how's it going? Hug she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, oh, you're in the parade? Yeah, if you run for office, you got to do this. you got to do it. And i got, like, five other parades i got to get to this weekend. Now, seriously, yeah. is that That's not very what we've come to? Yeah. That the parade is an adverti- walking advertisement? I mean, and I know the other floats are from companies, the local yeah. you know, restaurant, the, the acting troupe. The, the okay, yeah. I would just dump the politicians entirely. Entirely. Yeah, I You agree. don't need to be thinking Democrat, Republican, watching the 4th of July parade. No, I agree. Right? You need to be thinking unity. Right. Right. Yeah. Throw them well, out. in this parade. Well, what about so, the Sikhs? Oh, yeah. So the Sikhs had the best float. Unbelievable. Actually, like, you know, all little stapled things all over. They weren't, feather, they weren't feathers. I don't think I've ever seen a float made of feathers. I think it has happened in the big Thanksgiving parades, but um, it wasn't petals. You know, flower petals, little shiny pieces of something. But they did a wonderful job. But what were they, drums, doom, 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 what were they doom, uh, doom, doom, doom. advertising or promoting? Really just, um, like it just said, Sikhs, you know, your local community. Really? Something. It, yeah, it was really great. We had nothing like I, that. I think they're kind of like saying, you know, we're not the terrorists. Please don't hate us because we wear turbans. Yeah. Well, that's um, good for them. But the Sikh float went by and then... Looking down the road, nothing, nothing coming. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, people getting up and then starting to Timonen, leave. Dave Timonen's been on the show. We're sitting with him. Um, 
well, wait, that's not the end. Was that the end? I think that's the end. People start folding up shares. No, it's always the street sweeper is the last yeah, thing that, in the Palatine yes. Parade. Right. Is that true for Arlington? Yes. So, like, no, it can't be the end. Oh, it's nothing coming. Blocks down there. Like, oh, maybe it's different this year. <laughs> I, th- well over 50% of the people cleared out. Yeah. And then here came the rest. Yeah. <laughs> right. For real. Yeah. And Rick Hollander, who's also been on this show. Yeah. He was marching with the theater troupe, right? They're oh. Doing their next show. And they're, but at least they're singing. They're in costume, whatever. Um, and, yeah, he comes along, too. Later on, we talked to him. He said, he said well, there were two trains, I guess, that they got caught by. So oh, trains would they were crossing it. the tracks. They got caught. And they, oh, yeah. They moved the parade back an hour. Yeah. And I don't think they realized there was going to be this. Trains. Different train timetable so never saw that before that's pretty weird but we had the same thing at the arlington Heights parade there was a big lag and probably 30 percent of the people folded up their stuff and left really and then the jesse white tumblers came around the corner. oh yeah because they have to stop and they do the flips on yeah them. yeah we here, had, here we in chicago we always too. have the jesse white tumblers it's, what it's day was this group of yeah it was on fourth of july monday Ours was Saturday. Oh, okay. We had tumblers. I don't know if they were the Jesse White this year. I think they yeah. were. Were they jumping like on a trampoline, going way high over yeah. people stacked up oh, yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were lots of karate schools. They were they were really good. There were lots of karate schools and stuff like that. And 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 I always get a kick out of this big big band uh, high school bands. We probably had three of them. Oh, we had zero. We had three of them, we huge, like two, 200 people. Well, maybe not, but 100 people. But they all come by, and, and they're just, they're not playing anything. Oh. <laughs> it's just the drummers are keeping cadence. We used to have it's to like they play played something. I think if you're going to be in a parade, you better be playing music the entire <laughs> way. It's only a mile and a half. <laughs> yeah, but you know what pace they go. Well, they could be playing something. The drum line came by and they were doing well. He had no no bands at all, but they didn't play. Oh, you didn't have bands? None. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, next year I'll invite you to the if you're if you're good, I'll invite you to the Arlington Knights parade. Mm-hmm. But you know who was not in the parade this year either? Was Britain. Britain withdrew from our parade. That's correct. Yeah. The Brexit. Yeah, Brexit. Out of the parade. No Brits at all. We had Scots it's though. Too bad. Yeah, a couple of bagpipers. I think I should learn to play the bagpipes. You know, add that to my cadre of instruments. You know, I I heard on the radio they were talking about the um, um, if some of the states seceded from the United States. Oh yeah, and and what we would call it instead of like Brexit. What did they? Texas. (laughs) (laughs) It was like Tennessee. You later. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did see that. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah, I did actually see that. Tennessee oh, was later. Printed that somewhere? was a good one. Uh, it was printed somewhere. Oh, maybe yeah. they were on the radio. You know how they read it off. Yeah. You know how our whole show is us just reading other people's material? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what they do on the radio, too. Yeah, they must have been reading those off. What were some more? Uh, um, darn, there were several. Yeah. What, yeah. Other, what other ones were there? Um, oh, bio. Oh, bio, yeah. Illinois, Illinois, Illinois more. <laughs> Illinois more, yeah. yeah. Iowa won't. <laughs> New Mexico. 
Yeah, they were good ones. Yeah, North Dakota. South um, Dakota? Yeah, Texas. So what do you think of that whole thing of Britain leaving the EU? I My understanding is uh, Doris Kearns, she wrote the Team of Rivals about Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Good book. Yeah. Um, one of the Saturday, Sunday morning political talk shows. There's two of them, and dang, if if 80% of their shows aren't identical. Yeah, um, I think she was on the same Face the Nation. Yeah. She, she said, you know, there's really, he didn't need to even call that vote. He felt he felt he needed to do it to win an election, promise a vote. And he didn't. That He, he would have won that anyway. It's her, what's her take on it? Wow. That election. Yeah. And so really, she's like, he's got to be kicking himself. Why the heck did I promise that, yeah. you know? And the fact then that I guess they didn't expect it to to go right to be they didn't exposed. yeah they expected it to not go and did you hear stuff about people not knowing what they were voting for or they were I looking did. up yes later online like what does it mean to leave the eu right afterwards and this is the problem with democracy oh yeah <laughs> and this is why Hitler knew this <clears throat> this is why if you read the declaration of independence or the constitution the word democracy is never mentioned they talk about the republic because they knew that you can't leave these complicated decisions up to the people. They knew that you you needed to have people who would elect or appoint people smarter than them to represent them. Yeah, that's, and and that's what a republic is. Yeah. Boy, well, they'd be surprised. No politics on the show. No. Uh, yeah, the whole representative government thing and even you know the new thing legislating by the bench the uh, supreme court yeah if we wanted gay marriage we would have voted for it and the court shouldn't demand make it say it's equality when we don't believe but you know on the one hand and i'm not just talking about that issue any other issues folks out there don't be getting mad at me but at some point sometimes like the court is right you know or the yeah the elites, I hate to use the word elite, but... The professionals. Yeah, sometimes I'm right. thinking bad thoughts because I'm who I am and I'm stuck in an old way of thinking Yeah, that slavery is okay or that, you know, again, pick any issue. There's a billion of these. It doesn't even have to be big ones. There's some small changes that have come about. It's kind of like moving us forward. Yeah. So anyway, the point being republic versus straight-up democracy. Yeah. That's, and there, there that's was the an article in Atlantic this month about why American politics has just gone crazy, and that's kind of one of their positions is that we have decided to dismantle the machine of politics when actually it was the machine and the professional politicians who made things work because they knew how politics worked. And uh, it was after the whole thing with Nixon and and the Watergate break-in and all that stuff that people started demanding more transparency and there no more backroom deals. You know, everything needed to be out in the open. And this, yeah. these are all places where the politicians are not used to working and where things don't get done in the same way. And, and they mentioned one, one thing that they mentioned was when President Johnson was trying to get enough votes for civil rights. Yes. He went to the governor of Indiana and he said, 
was it not the governor, but the senator in Indiana, and he said, you know, I need your, I'm going to need your vote on this. And the senator said, well, okay, but you've got to give me this. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Some science, science oh, yeah. project or Cause, something. Because he might not get reelected unless right. he has something real good going for him. And so the president said, yes, I'll give you that. And the governor, or and the senator said, yes, I'll give you my vote. And it went through. And where would we be if that was all out in the open and that kind of dealing that's necessary for the operation of the country couldn't be done. And so it, it's a good point. I, I don't know what the right answer is, but it makes a good point. So I think the right answer is we all just take turns uh, being in the Senate. Well, you know. And, and there's no elections. There's no need for me to be reelected. It's a one term. Everyone has to go. Just for a day. For a day. So it's, it's alphabetical order. Everybody so gets to go once. Everyone with a last name starting yeah. with A, they all serve the first year. Yeah. For their day, yeah. Then you get into your B's in 2018, right? People last name C. Campbell's they would be serving in 2019. Yeah. Boy, you should be in charge. There you go. No elections, no dealing. Yeah. So I think you know, having with all this highbrow talk, I think it's time for something maybe a little more relaxing, don't you, Dave? I do. And everyone knows. We all know. We all know what that means. That the most relaxing thing in the world is a massage, is a glass reading, of Tito's. Reading the Wadi rules from the <laughs> Desert Chapter F <laughs> is Hayden. Or do you say Hayden? Well, I read, I did a little look up, and either one is correct. Oh, we actually did research for a show. It's amazing. If you're a German or in Germany or speaking to somebody who's German, you say Haydn. Haydn. And otherwise, Haydn is fine. Fantastic. And this is not our usual music, but this it is, is Quartet F major. It's Opus 3, number 5. Ah, number 5. And that means it's time for... Um, boxing? Wait a minute. No. Uh, smallpox vaccine? Um, Box... Box. Tops for education. Oh, yes. Excellent. I love that. <laughs> did you cut yours out and you're ready I to did, submit yes. them? Yes, I'm going to turn them in. Box art review. Ah, uh, review, of course. Boy, it's been a while since we've had box art review. Yes, sir. And today we're reviewing. Do you have your artwork pulled up on your computer? Because I, I did not bring it with uh, me. Hold on. Yes, I do. We are starting with. Winter Offensive Pack, number six. Number six. Numeral, numero sixo. Allegro ma non troppo. Yes, and I don't think, I think we missed this one. Or maybe we haven't done any of the Winter Offensive Pack yet. I think. I'm confused. I think we did the early ones, like the American guys stand there close up. But it were paintings. They were They're not photographs like the action Uh, packs. I think number five was a photograph, and I think maybe we skipped that. I'm looking it up right now. Yes, it was. uh, No, I don't know. It's hard to know in this digital age. Yes, are they real or are they fake? Only the doctor knows for sure. I'd be glad to find out. Yeah. And this winter offensive pack six, we're going to treat it as a painting. I think it is. It's we'll call goes it a far beyond a photograph. Look at the snow falling, Jeffrey. Look, very look at that artistic, blurry, snow. blurry snow falling. You can sense the movement as it descends from the sky. Could be they left the shutter open on the camera for a, a longer, longer length of time that. to get that effect. Yeah. Could be, yeah, but. 
At times, photography is art. And this might be the case of one. So, we see who is in the picture, Jeffrey, on the left-hand side. Um, That's, oh, that's Ethel Merman. No. No. Ivan. Oh, Ivan Merman. Ivan Merman. (laughs) And he is a Soviet (laughs) army soldier. There's no winter like offensive Stalingrad winter. Winter offensive, I, I know. know. Everything about it is appealing. <laughs> hey, Ethel, show me your Tito's. <laughs> and so... Thank you, Ivan. What does your eye move to in this work, Jeffrey? Well, it's got a very clear focal point. My eye is immediately drawn to the red flag. Oh, really? Mine, yeah. Mine is that... Six snowflake from the left and the very very far back. It just, I just, I like that one. Actually, far in the distance, see that building with all the windows? Yes. Inside there, there is a refrigerator with a bottle of Tito's. There is. Oh, <laughs> did you see that email from Dennis Donovan? I did. Yes. Crescendo of Doom. Yeah. A crescendo brew of Doom called Crescendo of Doom. Yeah. And it's over here in Northbrook, a little far to drive for us to pick one up for tonight, but. Maybe there's probably some of these other places, like the Cardinal place. Can't over we here. find the distributor? Let's find that. Well, yeah. Our anyway, find purveyor. True hookers. people. Maybe we'll stick a photo of it on our photo stream. Let's. We'll go to Benny's and request it. And yes, the focal point, the red flag, yeah. beautifully laid out. Never in the center. That's boring. Slightly up to the left, and the figure of Ivan Merman himself. You think they did that on purpose, or did it just like in printing it got off? To the no, left? I think this one is they intentional. Purpose, yeah. This is the full work of art. He's popping out of some kind of a trench, or what is he coming out of a sewer? Can you tell there? It looks like a little bit like a Jack in the Box hole, oh. like somebody turned the crank. Ding 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 that's what it looks like. I, that's a very small trench, if that's what it is. Oh, there's there's our music. That, yeah, it's, it's, it's the F, but it started earlier than we wanted. Oh, okay. And uh, do you like it? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's subdued. It makes you look at it and think. He's, you know, he's facing away from the perspective of the viewer. And so... Uh, yeah, we get the viewpoint of the Soviets. Yeah. I think it's Stalingrad? I think so. It's winter. There's a red flag. I'm thinking so. Don't you? Yes. Yeah. Do you know I took photographs of the family out in the snow? I didn't take them. Our friends took them. We made them come out with us in a snowstorm. Hmm. This year? <laughs> yeah. You're our photographers. Come with us. Each of you got a camera. And I- Is that how your daughter got pneumonia? You know, you can get in trouble for that. <laughs> and the photos are pretty cool. Some of them got snow falling just like this. You really got to see it now after we talked about this. And I put that up on my screensaver at school. And the kids are all like, that's photoshopped. I'm like, what? (laughs) No, we went out in the woods. No, no, that's photoshopped. Like, no, it was a cloudy day. The the sunlight was dispersed. Green screen. Over us. It looks that way, but yeah. Shall we move to our next? That that is a sad thing when you don't know if I've photo is real or and not. And these are, um, yeah. um, can I add the photo to the post maybe if I remember? Yeah. In addition to our regular picture? Yeah. Shall we move to our next work? Let's Jeffrey? do. What This was number six. What would the next one possibly be? Numero 
Seven. Ah, uh, numero seven. Oh, look at that one. Yeah, you know, I'm. I really am impressed. I'm not just saying that. Look at that. I'm stuck. Kiroskiro, you don't have the Japanese. No. Coming through the jungle. No, my quickly, quickly. My Google. browser is kaput. Oh, kaput. Let me describe it for you, Jeffrey. Okay, thank you. In fact, when you do art criticism, it's always a good idea to describe the work, first of all. In this work, we see three Japanese soldiers emerging from the darkness of a the jungle. They're semi-silhouetted against rays of sunlight bursting down through the canopy into them. The leader is in the forefront, of course. A Japanese leader's always in the forefront, isn't he, Jeff? Forefront. With his sword drawn at an angle descending at the same angle as the rays of light almost glimmering in the in the rays of light emerging from the jungle toward us toward the viewer puts us into the place of the perhaps americans or british soldiers or australians anzac forces chinese perhaps but no i think it's more was there jungles in china no, the Chinese ever fight in jungles against the Japanese? Uh, sure. Yeah, we know lots of yeah, things. We do. Just enough yeah. to be dangerous. Yeah. And there you go. An they don't amazing call them jungles. Work. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I can't see it, but it's beautiful. <laughs> you still haven't got it up? It's like my browser. It's like the web went down. Oh. Well, here. I'm going to move the music oh, and nice. the picture. At risk of wrecking the audio quality. Oh, that is nice. So you have the sun streaming through the rays. You can feel the heat. Very nice. Yes. Oh, and he's screaming, Ah, Banzai! The face, you can just hear it. Banzai! And the other guy's pointing his gun right at us. He meant well. He meant well. Yeah. He's yelling, duck, we're bonsai charging at you. Run, <laughs> yes. run, you people. Yeah. It's, uh, it's remarkable that those bonsai charges, a lot didn't uh, turn out well. No. Terrifying, I'm sure. Terrifying for everybody on both sides, but... Uh, yes. <clears throat> yes. Didn't turn out well. No. Have you ever done a bonsai charge that was effective in ASL? No, at my house I have, and I groom the plants, and I, you know, get them to grow in just the right shapes, and snip my little miniature plants. Oh, very nice. That's my bonsai. Nice. Your bonsai. Charge. Yeah. And that is all for box, box art, art review. time for desert off to the vast expanses of sand wind wadis sangars hamadas hamada 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 deers or do you say Dayers? Dayers. Yes, in the land of the pharaohs, Cacti. the sheiks, the Bedouins, 
with their camels leading their caravans of exotic spices and rare herbs. Oh, wait a minute. I wanted to put out an announcement to Mark Bloom. Mark uh, Bloom, yeah. I've emailed you. I know we asked you like five years ago to be interviewed. And I know it's been a long time, and our apologies, but I, your emails bounced back. Mark so, Bloom's been dead for three years, Dave. Okay. Don't even joke. No, I'm Don't kidding. even joke. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I yeah, hope. So I hope I'm if kidding. you want to contact us too. again, we promise to get you into a interview within within a well promising i gotta be real realistic as soon as possible yeah. as soon as no, we no, can very like soon. the next time we very soon yeah and mance olson i contacted also. you haven't heard back <laughs> um time to get that interview these done. guys have written stuff. us off we're trying to up the interview thing we're trying to go from oldest to newest yeah and i think we should try to put these in like every other every third show or something yeah get, get moving, caught up on get moving, these guys folks. because they're Really, a great resource, and we forget sometimes. We got so much, other, so many other things going on, like yes. this important, or like Bob McNamara, who wrote the Desert Rules. Yeah. We don't have a contact information for him, so Perry, someone, Steve Swan. I mean, Perry can get us in contact with Bob McNamara. Maybe yeah. somebody out there's got to know him. Um, the person we interviewed last show, two shows ago, yeah, three now, Russ Gifford. You might have information for us. If you know where Bob is, just knock him out, strap him to the back of a dromedary camel, and send him out across the desert. And now, it's time for Desert Rules Part 2. Possibly a four-part show, Jeff. What do you think? I don't know. We're going to get up close to page 7. If we have five-minute shows, we could probably get 20 shows out of this. And so you we, have what for us, Mr. We, Hallett? Well, I'm glad you asked me. I mean, I'm glad you called me Mr. Hallett, giving me the respect that I am due. I'm going to be talking about terrain, the desert terrain. We're going to start with terrain number one. Time. Finally, finally, we're getting to rule number one. Rule open number ground, one. Open ground. And we'll ask uh, Jess Cook to stand by for us. Jess, stand by. Oh. Good man. Open ground in the desert. Guess what? Open ground is no different than normal open ground. Well, except there's not green grass. That's right, except it's a different color. And that there are certain <laughs> emplacement and entrenching restrictions that we talked about last show. Mm-hmm. We are which, so smart. And it's always good to refer people back to the other show because it generates more advertising dollars for us. Big advertising Oh, dollars. speaking of advertising dollars. Yeah. People, you got to buy a hat. Yeah, hat. But look, are, look, folks, you're going to donate anyway. You haven't donated in a long time. Can I go off on this for a yeah, second? Yeah, sure. Oh, before I go off on that, who has been helping our show along? Oh, Ritter Creek. That's right, Jeff. Has Jeffrey. been a very faithful endorser of our a sponsor program. of this show. And you cannot beat Ritter Creek, boys and really, girls. Really, you can't. Um, Great place to go. Free shipping still standing. Yep. One of the guys at the Passel meeting last week, well... Had actually ordered, and I said something about it, and he's like, "Yeah, it is free shipping because I ordered something." So we're not kidding about that, folks. Go to RitterCreek.com for all of your gaming needs. Go there first. Look for stuff. If you can't find it, then you can go somewhere else. But otherwise, 
Order from Ritter Creek. He's a great guy. Fast service. Fast service. Free, free shipping. shipping. And yep. a great selection of ASL products and other stuff, too. Lots of ASL products. Yeah. Get your stuff from there. We highly recommend him. Ritterkrieg.com. So now, what was I going off on? Oh, folks, make a donation. Yes, calm me down. Calm me down with the music. <sighs> All right. Make a donation. I think our donations have fallen way They've off. They've fallen way off, yeah. So, folks, if we're not delivering for you, we got Russ Gifford. Otherwise, you got to put up with the two of us. I mean, what else you got? Yeah. But make a donation. Make it 20 bucks. Get a hat. Yeah. Consider like the hat like a free gift. You, you want to donate. You used to donate to the show. Think of all of the great entertainment and informational value that you get from this show. I think, you know, is it worth a dollar for every show you listen to? I think so. I think so. Do you know, I paid that D&D scenarios we ran through in those two games. I paid $10 for that instead of making up my own stuff. Yeah. And, you know, 10 bucks, two nights of fun. Could have had the players all chipping a buck. Wouldn't have cost me a dime. How much entertainment are you getting from this program, people? Now let's go with the guilt trip. Oh, yeah, my favorite trip. You're guilty, people. Guilty of taking advantage of Jeff and I. <laughs> we, have, we have bills to pay. Mouths to feed. We still say, hey, haven't gone out to dinner on that two half squats donation money. What's up with that? And we can't afford all of the new products that are coming out. Yeah, how, yeah. Or, oh, what, what, happened the, again? what happened to the donations? Yeah, people donations produce the stuff. St. Louis Club, guys? Fantastic. Wonderful. Yep. Others? You could afford to send us a little free yeah, product. I'm thinking the Canucks should be sending. Lone <laughs> Canuck might send us something. We did a great show, great interview with him. Would love to see uh, some of his new product. We would love to review that. Get it in our hands, because yeah. no, honestly, I can't afford to buy everything anymore. No. I am going to have two kids in college starting next year. That's right, and you've got a retirement to support. That's right. I won't even be working. That's right. I've got to keep myself in Tito's. Hand, hand to mouth. All right, I'm calmed down now. There's plenty of... i got to keep the so Tito's going So get your hat, folks. Send us 20 bucks. I'll send you a hat. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Send more than 20 bucks. Sure. Send 40 bucks. Give till it hurts. <laughs> How come no one's put us in their will yet? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, maybe we have, and they just haven't passed yet. Do you know if you have insurances, insurance companies, they don't, like, they'll mark you deceased because they'll know you stopped paying, and they'll find out why. And they'll mark the account deceased, but they don't pay you the benefit of yeah. dying. That's how they get to minutes. be so rich. 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, back Don't to get me the desert. Open ground. We talked about that. It's brown. It's brown. It, instead of green, it's brown. Next, scrub. A dub dub. Yeah, scrub. Scrub. This is this is a very low foliage, a low scruffy, scrappy, uncomfortable, spiny foliage. No foliage. It exfoliates when you stand next to it or rub next to it. Scrub is represented by a multitude of irregularly shaped olive brown clumps and black lines and dots. Any hex containing such artwork is a scrub hex. It might actually be my favorite 
terrain artwork. Is that right? Scrub. You like Scrub? I love Scrub. You know, Hamada's kind of cool, but it's just kind of dots. I like the tennis courts. Scrub really gets the mixture going. Yeah, well, that's true. It gives you that feeling. Scrub is neither an obstacle nor a hindrance to line of sight. Because it only, it's, this it's represents, yeah, material that grows to about two feet tall. So it, it's not really something that you can hide behind. However, you can emplace in scrub. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. And I, I think that represents the fact that probably the soil is a little bit, goes a little bit deeper until you roots. hit the uh, limestone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where and, the scrub will and grow. And the scrub itself can kind of hide your gun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also concealment terrain. Yes. So if you're laying down prone, you'll be concealed. It does not negate first fire movement in open ground, though. It does not. Oh, it does it's not. that short or yeah. low. Hmm. Yeah. Or if you're crawling, first crawling movement, open ground. Uh, hands seen. and knees, y- y- no. <laughs> but if you're squirming, crawling? On, squirming on your crawling? belly like a worm, yeah, then yes. Crawl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, does not negate interdiction either. Mm-hmm. And it is concealment terrain, but only for infantry. Oh. Or dummies. Infantry dummies. Like me? Yes, like you and me. Uh, also for entrenchments or emplaced guns. It's concealment for that. Entrenchments and guns, yes. Yeah. And infantry. What else would you be concealing? Cavalry? Right. No. Not yeah. going to work. What? No. Donkeys? No. <laughs> mule, kangaroo? Mule your, trains. The right? kangaroo, the Australian kangaroo corps? <laughs> You can see them from far away. Especially when they leap. Yeah. Next. Hamada. Hamada, 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 Hamada. Hamada, 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 Hamada. is represented by a multitude of black dots in irregularly shaped angular objects with buff-colored interiors. So Hamada is more of a uh, rocky bouldery, mm. really mm. tough terrain to traverse. I'm hearing the words buff. Yeah, buff. Rocky. Buff color. Toughness. Ooh, yeah. ooh. Very manly terrain. It's not an obstacle nor a hindrance to line of sight because it's all very low. Little, little rocks. And it's treated as open ground for all purpose other than movement costs. And man, it costs you. Yeah. Now... Is that because you're dodging the rocks? or Yeah, I mean, if you can imagine a lot of craggy, sharp boulders and rocks and things like that. I remember there's some immobilization stuff going on with this, but... Definitely. So there there are movement costs that apply to locations that contain Hamada. For infantry, it's just one, which you can imagine, but your shoes do wear out, so you need to change your (laughs) shoes pretty often. Uh, Cavalry and wagon, uh, three movement factors. Okay. Fully tracked vehicles, two movement points. Half tracks, three movement points. Armored cars or motorized cycles, four movement points. And trucks of six movement points. Wow. It's more than like open ground in the grassiness. Oh, yeah. And some of those don't seem that bad, but you really need to worry about immobilization because you can hit stuff and it it takes its toll. And they've got a nice chart here, which describes, really explains all the immobilization possibilities. But I'll just read part of this. Each vehicle that is not fully tracked must make an immobilization die roll when it enters or changes VCA in either a Hamada hex or an open ground hex that is accessible to a Hamada. Mm -hmm. 
So, and they use this uh, in a number of places in the desert rules, this idea of being accessible to a hamada or an accessible to sand. So it represents that there's like half kind of hamada out there. So if you're if you think you're going to skirt the edge of a, of a hamada by being in an adjacent hex you're not you need to be another hex away yeah. same with sand if Correct. you want to uh, really eliminate the possibility of being bogged or immobilized keep extra distance from those because uh it can cost you so there's a little little chart here that says uh, any vehicle that spends movement points as a truck weighing greater than or equal to four tons, and it's not British built. I like the, I love this kind of detail. You know why not British built? No, tell me. Because of the Brexit. Oh, because of Brexit. No wonder. Mm-hmm. Say no more. Uh, if the vehicle expends movement points as a motorcycle, it's a plus one. I thought that was an interesting phrasing of that. I don't really understand why they make that distinction. If a vehicle expends movement points as a motorcycle... So if you've got a vehicle that's a tank or a vehicle that's a truck, can it expend movement points as a motorcycle? Yeah. That's the rules 26.53 (laughs) where you can put the tank on top of four motorcycles. And Dave is leading me down the path right now. Use motorcycle movement instead of tank movement because it's on a big platform. He's leading me into the gate. camels in there. Take Tony. He's in. about to put the bolt right through my head. I, I do. Yeah. What? Slaughter me. <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. That's a good question. Yeah. I have no memory of they... that. If the, vehic- uh, if the vehicle did not expend twice the total of the movement points necessary to enter in that hex, it gets a plus one. Now that means. Going slow. If you go slow, if you enter twice the movement points, uh, if you expend twice the movement yeah. points otherwise necessary. You're That's where you're being to careful mobilize. to move around through yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if the vehicle is an open ground hex that is accessible to a Hamada hex, it's a neg one. Did I say that earlier? Well, that there was a check. It's a There's less, a check. It's a lesser yeah. check. Okay, it's a lesser check. That's right. Okay. So then they've got a nice little Hamada immobilization die roll chart here on page F3 of the rules, and I would suggest that you just look at that because it explains pretty much everything you need to know about a Hamada movement very clearly. Then on to 3.32, motorcycles. And I've never played a desert scenario with motorcycles. If there is one, I've played it. A motorcycle is not immobilized by a failed Hamada mobilization die roll. Rather, if that final die roll is 12, the rider breaks and he's automatically dismounted. He falls on the ground. And starts crying like a little girl. Then <laughs> he sends up a flare and asks for help. So that makes sense. Your motorcycle goes kaput and you're on the ground. A cumulative negative one terrain effect modifier applies to any demolition charge, bombardment, or ordnance or OBA high explosive attack versus an unarmed target in Hamada. Mm. So that that's just indicating that these boulders and things like that Could are going to come become projectiles themselves around. and become dangerous yeah. if you're out there in the, the middle of the Hamada. That's it for Hamada. Now we're into day years. I'm calling them so? day years. Yes. I would say deer, dears. Day year. 
If anybody is uh, Arabic out there and we haven't offended you to the point that you're no longer listening, we would like to know how this is pronounced. Deir. And we certainly didn't mean to offend you. Of course not. Yeah. We're just having fun here. A Deir is a terrain feature, and I didn't actually read ahead on this, so I'm just going to read right out of the rule book. I don't know. Can we get in trouble for that? No, no. Okay. Awful. If it. Perry, Perry, if you're worried about it, send us Do something free. Is we'll now a good it. time to to mention the? Oh yes, V notes here. Yes, the V notes, which I couldn't put my little Folks, fingers there on. There is some a very cool thing published by Matt Romy. Are you asking, or are you telling me? <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Okay. Vernac. Well, I'm asking how to pronounce it. Okay. How's it spelled? R O M E. Why? Yeah, it's, I think you're right. Yeah. There's a footnote by his uh, name. For real, there's a little one. Really? I have to go to the end of this. Here it is. <laughs> Look, there's a footnote by his name, one. Yeah. And it says, there's the footnotes. That's a lot of footnotes. Being a proponent of desert scenarios that I am and seeing that some people don't play them merely because they're intimidated by the rules, I have created a plain English version of Chapter F. I hope that it helps people to delve into Chapter F and will promote play of what could be my favorite ASL theater. Remember, when reading this, that most scenarios only use a few of these rules at any time, and so on and so on. Also, once... You know the rules as I presented them here. You'll see how clear and helpful the diagrams and charts are in Chapter F. Try to figure them out after reading this and see if I'm not telling the truth. So he's recommending to read. Oh, and he goes on to say, if you can't pronounce the word deer, please do not play desert. Well, I think that's my problem right there. Um, So what do you think? He's saying read this first, then go into the examples and charts and i was going to say do you say examples he says diagrams and charts i say examples read the examples yeah look at the little picture it's actually easier than reading the intimidating rule so jeff before you read the actual rule okay i'm gonna do exactly what he says deir level zero open ground with some minor exceptions Vehicles expend one extra movement point to exit a day year. Oh, because it's kind of going up. It's a shallow... Oh, it's a shallow indentation. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a... Right. Okay. Line of sight. Entrenched and emplaced units in the interior of the day year that is not adjacent to the edge have line of sight only one hex beyond the edge of the day year. Oh, because these are multi-hex. They're down down low enough where they can't see... Right. A distance, they can only see the adjacent X. They, of course, have line of sight to higher levels as well, including hillocks, which are at half level. Mm-hmm. If the unit is not entrenched or in place, line of sight is determined normally. So that means they're standing in the day year. They're not down even oh, further correct. into an entrenchment yeah. or emplacement. So they can see, you know, the full vista. Can I say vista on this show? You can, okay. or you can say vista. Vista. TEM, if you are firing at a target in a day year, get a, it, it gets a plus one TEM. Okay. 
or is hulled down if a vehicle. Oh, so it gives you a little TEM because yep. there's no cover out here in the desert. you got to right. find what you can scrounge up. Right. Unless you are adjacent to the day year or at a higher level. Oh, yeah. So just like you're down into a higher, gully, you can look there's down. there's no TEM. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's really, That's it. He encapsulates it very Does that sound very right? Nicely. Yeah. Did you want to struggle through it on the real rules section four? No, I don't think so because it goes – I mean, it's not that bad. It's, you know, it's like four little sections um, and then a pretty good example with pictures and everything. But he says it – he kind of encapsulates it nicely. Yeah, yeah. I'd highly recommend – maybe we can link this up. I wonder up. if we could get I, him to who? do the whole rule book. He could probably get it down <laughs> into like 16 pages. Matt. Go, I'm all, go I'm, for Dave, it. I'm Maybe all out of should, Cheetos. We should interview Matt. Oh, we definitely Matt should. Since we can't get Bob McNamara, Steve yeah. Swan, any of the big wigs, Chaz Argent. Um, Do they wear big we'll wigs? We'll settle for you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Does Perry wear a big wig? Perry will come on again. Does he wear a big wig? Oh, did I say big wigs? You did. Well, yeah. I wasn't thinking like you didn't Bozo say your wigs. Circus. <laughs> you know. Are you trying yeah. to intimidate that I was? Or one of those French intimidate women. Intimidate or insinuate. That I was saying that? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, that those they wear French big women. Those French women from the <laughs> this, Louis the Fifteenth. Oh, those. The big, I I thought you meant the can-can. <laughs> so I wasn't sure how big the wigs were for the can-can girls. But their Tito's were <laughs> certain. The Tito's are another subject. Uh, I got to get me some know, when, Tito's. When I'm did, all out of Tito's. When I did episode one whatever alone yeah someone thought i was a little too giggly so yeah. stop me now stop me now Jeff. i can't believe i was at the old you know man that the is, old man yeah that's um says you're giggly that's not donovan that's um it's our friend um it's such a good friend we can't remember his yeah. name oh yes Denant. yes um dan dolan right right yeah i think that's dolan he's just giving me grief yeah and he doesn't like it when i'm giggly <laughs> Don't know why. So, all right. Did you have more train? No, that's it for my bit. Well, here you that's go. That's my bit, bit. It. Yeah. Go. Ready for this? Yeah. What time are we at? Forty-seven minutes, twenty-six Ooh. seconds. Great, because I didn't. Seconds. I didn't get far enough to, into six, which would be hillocks, which was. Long oh yeah, hillocks. Yeah. Hill, 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 hillocks, hillocks, hillocks. Like it's the bullocks. Yeah, hillocks. like Sandra Hillock. Hill- Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, right. Nice hillocks. <laughs> All right. Small. More like waddies. Nice waddy. And that's what I did, waddy. What, what are you talking about? Speaking of hillocks, I need more Tito's. <laughs> what are you talking about with the waddies? I'm at the bottom of the Tito's. All right, rule five. Five. Waddies. Jeffrey, they are a depression. Are like they? Like a... Ooh. They're not that depressing. Like a gully. But okay. if part of the artwork crosses a hex side, that's uh, called a wadi hex side. It works just like a road hex side or any of these other hex yeah. sides. You're all okay. familiar with it. Right. Don't be intimidated by it, folks. Okay? It's a long section, but it, it works. Now, board 25 and overlay E1 contain crazy wadi mountains. That's actually yeah. the ASL term for that. Crazy Wadi Crazy Mountains. Crazy Wadi Mountains. <laughs> right? We're looking at 25 now. Yeah. Lots of levels, lots of Wadis. Yeah. 
gets a little crazy, but fun, fun board. Now, um, wadi with a hill crest that's not crossed by wadi, you may need the rules for an abrupt elevation change. Oh, right, because right. you're going you're out going of a depression, depression. into a upper level. Um, and or double crest rules will apply a lot when you're into this board 25 or that E1 overlay. But again, lots of fun. Now, rule 5.2. A normal gully movement would apply for going through the gully, plus when you're entering a hill depression hex and you cross a crest line depression hex side, you pay... Okay, that sounds complicated. Let's make it easy. When you're moving around in and out of wadis or uphill sides in wadis, you, you only pay double for going up if you're actually going up. Now, what does that mean? So if you look at board 25 or this overlay, you'll see that you could be moving from a plane level right. into a depression wadi. It's at level 2, but you're still at level 1. Okay. So you didn't actually go up a level. Right. Because these are like, you know carved into the earth and so off. you're going at the same level yeah yes yeah. yes or sometimes you're going up but it's just one level when it looks like two because okay. it's level one wadi to a level two wadi you're not doubling that up you're just going up one level okay rule five point i should probably read it the vernacular version 5.21 talks about bogging it's not applicable to truck movement points any vehicle that uses truck movement points exiting a wadi by a non-wadi hex side so i think in the normal rules it was saying this supersedes some other rule where there's a bog check coming out of maybe a gully but not for a wadi okay 5.3 cliff when you have a cliff it goes all the way to the bottom if the cliff is depicted as both on a crest line where a hill goes down, you know, and the wadi that's below that crest line, you get a double oh. double down kind of situation. Right. So you will encounter that on the crazy mountain wadi boards. So that would be a double cost you to climb like twice if you're going to climb up a cliff X sign. 5.4. Crest status. Now, there's a lot of rules about crest status, and um, but again, I, I just plowed through this again today, thinking, man, did I ever really understand these in the past? But the crest status can be used by all types of infantry, support weapon, vehicles, and guns, but not along a cliff, as you'd imagine. Okay. And then I'm going to read 5.41. It just seemed easier to read it than to try and paraphrase it. Support weapon. All types of infantry possessed support weapons may be used from a wadi crest position. However, any infantry manned support weapon not allowed to fire from a gully crest position may fire from a wadi crest only within the manning unit's protected crest front. And area fire still applies for firing other infantry manned support weapons outside of that unit's protected crest front. Infantry may place a oh so so basically it's saying it's more likely to be able to use the crest status and more weapons in the crest status. And then placing a DC 
versus a crest vehicle, you would expend the movement factors required for to enter the crest position and making a position die roll, but no unit may throw a DC at such a vehicle. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't get that. Why wouldn't it's a tank sitting there in the crest status? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, uh, but getting a vehicle into crest status can get a little tricky. Um, the vehicle may get crest status in a wadi either from in or outside of the wadi. If you're in the wadi, like in a gully, right down in it, you can pay four movement points. It's like you're going up a hill, right, and one to stop. There you go. Okay. So think of it as going up a hill yeah. to almost over the edge of the wadi. Right. And then, or it's if you're going to go reverse movement that way, multiply it by times four for tanks and so on, right? The normal reverse multiplier costs. Okay. If you're outside of the wadi, so you're on this flat desert area, you want to go down into this gully-like thing, you would pay only one movement point and one to stop, only two. Because you're just going down a little bit of the slope. You're not going all the way into the okay. gully yeah. or the wadi. So you only pay two. Then they have these hull-down crest counter um, counters, hull-down counters to place on tanks that are taking the um, wadi terrain modifier effects, right? And they have a rear side on that counter. So it's like hull down, it's labeled here. The front says hull down, vehicle crest, hull down, or vehicle crest, hull down, parentheses, rear, counter. So you're just marking the fact that these guys are hull down in there instead of using the normal hull down counters. Okay, gotcha. That's 5.42? Yep. Okay. And then there's the rear one applies, and it... You know, I read through it a lot. It's a little tricky to read, but it's basically like when you backed into it, your rear of your tank is facing the crest side that right. you're using for the hold down part. Yeah. You say rear. It's just it's a way to remember. Okay. Which, but then your tank is facing a certain way also. So I'm not sure why they needed it now that I think about it. But that's what's going on with that. You're, it's a way to mark that your rear armor is is facing that crest thing okay so you can get that either by backing up a wadi from in a wadi right reverse movement up yeah i guess just again visualize it just your tank backs up boom that's your rear sticking up or that you drove down from without because your rear is showing out it's that easy it really is okay then they have they like to use this term crest covered arc focal point Hmm. So you know how when you're in a bypass, you have a bypass? Right. Like at the apex PCA, of the... PCA, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's just the corner of your vehicle is facing that vertex. That's the CAFP, covered arc focal point. Right. It's not called focal point, is it? It is here. Okay. Then um, I have a little quiz show for you. Oh. oh. Hang on. Let me dust off the bell. It's been a little while since we've had quiz show. Can a vehicle in a crest status change its vehicle? <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. Change its vehicle covered arc. A vehicle in crest status, hull down, crest, can it change its vehicle covered arc? 
Could you repeat the question, Senator? No. No. That is correct. Can it change its turret cover arc? Yes. Of course, yes. Now, think of the vertex. Oh, as you point the corner of your vehicle at it, that's the crest cover arc focal point. Um, can you gain crest status over a cliff side? Yes. A cliff? Your tank's going to go up a cliff side? Oh. And it take hold down? I was thinking if you were at the top already. Oh, no. Looking down in. Nope, this has come up, up it. Okay, no. No. And then, back to the teaching portion for a moment. 5.422. Exiting this crest status kind of um, hull down thing. Yeah. Two ways. One, you enter a new hex by crossing a crest cover arc, cover arc focal point. Hex side, because you're already facing to those two hex sides. You can just go forward would that make you susceptible to underbelly hits if you're coming mm -hmm. out of crest status going up a little yes i think so yes it would and there's no cost for leaving the hex that you're in uh, or that's method one just enter a new hex by crossing at one of the focal point hex sides yeah two hex sides in front of you or two enter a hex enter oh enter the hex you're in so I guess you can just drop it. Oh, right. In my mind, it's like you might have to roll down the hill backward or sideways. I don't know. Yeah. But you can just drive down into the bottom of the wadi. Okay. And when you do that, you pay only the wadi costs, not to cause a terrain, not to cause a smoke, anything else in that X. Okay. You're just paying. Yeah. Droop, that makes sense because you're the you letting gravity it. Yeah, I don't know. just take you. And then may a vehicle <laughs> may put it's it in gravity. neutral and just... Yeah, you just roll down the hill. May a vehicle go from a crest status in one wadi hex to crest status in another? Uh, may a vehicle go from crest status in one to another? Yeah. You're in, I suppose, you're in the sure. Gully, you just yeah. drive along. I would think so, too. Yeah. But guess what? We're wrong? We're, We're both wrong. wrong? We're both wrong. Oh, man. The answer is no. Sell all your stocks, everybody. <laughs> Jeff and Dave are both wrong. Yep, the answer is no. Dang. You can't. It gets, yeah, it, they make it more complicated than that. And I would think, yeah, why can't you just drive along the wadi and position your tank? But I think it's trickier to position your tank as hull down by getting just the right angle to look out over the wadi. And maybe think of it this way. The, 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 the gully slash wadi is all irregular and some are steeper yeah, and okay. others. So you probably can't just drive along the edge. you got to maneuver to get your tank into position in a new hex so is that 5.422 yes okay exiting it's at the back of that yeah. rule okay. tells you the two ways to exit <clears throat> the fact that you can't just drive into the next wadi hex and call hold on. okay 5.423 crust terrain effect modifier so if you're not hold down you know your tank can have a terrain effect modifier and it can provide a terrific modifier for infantry, a plus one for being by a tank, right? Okay, yep. Does that apply here? Well, hull down, if the tank is hull down to fire from any direction, then the vehicle pro can provide a plus one TEM only if the infantry have a crest status alongside that tank. Okay, that makes sense. They put it by alongside the two hex sides of the, Covered arc focal point. Yeah. You know, again, 
is facing this way. Your men are facing that way. They're also a crest status. They can kind of huddle by the tank. Yeah. There are exceptions. Of course, indirect fire and right. overrunning and aerial fire. Uh, or if you have a line of sight into the wadi, then you don't get the... Right, okay. Yeah. You don't get the plus for the tank. Correct. If somebody's shooting on yeah, which indirect, we've, we've had that. That's the same in gullies. and. I think, I think yeah. Yeah. And then the... Um, if the fire is line of sight, oh, versus direct fire, you get it only if the line of sight crosses the hex side. doesn't come in from the water. Uh, right. It just comes in from outside. Now, quiz, a little quiz show. Do you, can you claim both the crest TEM, what is that, plus two? Correct. Right. When you take a crest in the gully, and the vehicle plus one TEM. Can they both apply together? No. No, it's correct. Can a burning wreck provide terrain effect modifier plus one to your troops? Uh, plus the crest modifier? Uh, no, just if there's a burning wreck in your in your hex anywhere in the desert, can you claim a plus one? I'm going to say modifier. No. Correct, and because probably you're you're going to want to get away from a burning wreck. You're not going to want yeah. to stay by that eaten yeah. fire. Can it provide a plus one hindrance? Yes. I would think so, too, and this says no. Wow. Yeah. Why? Yeah, can a burning oh, that's wreck interesting. provide a TEM? No. Can it give a plus one hindrance? Huh. No. Okay. Burning wreck smoke does work, but it only affects that crest level and higher. So if oh, you're in sure. the tree, you're in the bottom of the wadi, yeah. and you're it shooting down the, the wadi at them. Yeah. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Rule 5.425. Extra movement points for hexes with other vehicles. So you got two vehicles in a hex. What starts to happen here? Well, it, that only applies. You know how you pay extra move for a vehicle in your hex? Yeah. When both of them are down in the wadi. So it doesn't apply if right. one's on a crest and one's down in. Yeah. Or if you're driving through the other guy's covered arc focal point. Yeah. You know, it was two hex sides. So he's on facing, the crest and you're driving through you it. You go up right next right. to him. You're going to have to pay that. Makes sense. Can two vehicles share the same covered arc focal point for this crest hull down thingy? Uh, I'm going to say no. No is correct. Yeah, and you can't share it with a gun either. Yeah. And wrapping up here, um, bog, a section on bogging or immobilizing, immobilization checks. Mm-hmm. If you're moving into the wadi, capital I-N-T-O, down in it or into, which is not all the way down in, um, then you only pay the cost of terrain. Mm, sorry, I don't know what I meant there. Personnel must share the crest status and location of a vehicle. Oh, that's all about, the rule basically was talking about, oh, going into the wadi, it's, if, if you pay the cost of terrain of the other stuff in there, then you may have to take that bog or mobilization check, like Kamada. Okay, the, yeah. And I don't know what cases that would apply to, but your personnel, trying to make it simple, if you abandon the vehicle, exit the vehicle, you are at the same crest status as they are. Yes. Keep it easy. And you can't, to move into the tank, whatever, vice versa. You have to be at the crest level. Right. Okay? Same crest status and location of the vehicle. Okay. Then questions about, what about uh, close combat? And something about area fire here. Vehicles, passengers, and riders attacks 
are never half this area fire from a crest status here, right? Is that right? Um, no gun or vehicle weapon may fire at a target one or more full levels lower than the crest level because you're tucked in here at the very tip edge of this wadi, right? Looking yeah. out straight across the desert. You can't fire down, down into it at the next right. wadi two hexes away, right? You can't with a, you're, with you're a, down with a gun or vehicle weapon, right? Because yeah. you're down in crest status. Yeah. So. There's some exceptions, but certainly the normal ones are the AAMG on the tank, the very top of the tank, right? And the mortars, of course. Yeah. Right. Or firing into your own hex, then that would not apply, of course. And then, may a crest status vehicle be overrun? Um, I'm going to say yes. Yes, he can. Yeah. He's just sitting out there. Yeah. And for close combat, it basically says, you know how, like, for the personnel uh, yeah, escaping, or- they're treating them at crest level. For close combat, <laughs> I think basically it said, just treat the vehicle as not in crest status. Thank you. Make it easy. Let's not uh, add confusion to right. that or complexity. Don't need to, yeah. And then there was a little note on Russian closed-topped armor-fighting vehicles, oh. which we talked about earlier, right? Yeah. And if they're allowed by special scenario rule, which I think, again, maybe in, in parts of uh, the, the war in, in the, Mongolia, uh, it might have said uh, that, or Siberia, it's pretty open out there. Um, you could hit, use these wadi rules with them. Then they have a neg one die. Roll. So you're going to shoot at them. You know how when you shoot at someone, you use the color die roll versus the white to see if you hit the hull or turret. Right. Soviet tanks get a neg one on the to hit roll color die, which means it's easier to hit the turret right than the hull. Now why is that? Because the KV had such a big superstructure, but did they all? Oh, maybe. Know. Yeah. I don't know, but there's there's the rule. Huh. Okay. And the last one I put 5.43. I said, read it. Do you have it up there, Jeff? Uh, I do. 5.43, gun and crew. A non-vehicular gun may utilize crest status in a non-bridge wadi hex, and provided it is unhooked, gains such status automatically when it's manning infantry do. Okay, so the infantry take crest status, the gun counts as crest status. Yeah. However, if those infantry subsequently lose their crest status, the gun still retains it for itself. A crest status gun and its manning infantry use a 5 8 inch crest counter in the manner prescribed for infantry. Both receive the normal crest infantry entrenchment die roll modifier, but only versus direct fire attacks that lack a line of sight into the wadi and cross a protected crest hex side in the normal manner. Okay, so shooting at them from behind. Okay, so that's like a gully crest status, really, so far. Yeah. Such a crew may claim a gun shield die roll modifier in the normal manner. A gun may be towed into or out of crest position. It may also be pushed directly into or out of crest status. Uh, that is, into the wadi or into an adjacent hex, using normal infantry crest movement and manhandling rules. Okay. A gun may not be set up emplaced in crest status. A gun not, may yeah. change its covered arc while in crest status, may, and is not penalized by area fire for firing outside its protected crest front. 
Uh, it's not penalized by area fire for firing outside its protected crest front. Yeah, see the illustration of the crest status counter and shooting behind you. So if your infantry are all laying down, shooting out of a gun. Oh, yeah, okay. For them to turn around and shoot, it penalizes their firing. Right. Wadis don't do that to the same extent. Okay. And that was in an earlier rule I read, too, about other infantry and stuff, too. Yeah. And web support weapons. Okay. So that's a little easier. And that would put us to rule number six on page F7, Hillocks, which we will pick up with in our third desert episode. Coming soon to a theater near you. Yes, indeed. Oh, I have my... Did we say that'll be it until our third show? Yeah, we did. I think that's going to wrap up this show. That'll wrap that up. Uh, Show number two on... Deserts. That's enough for one night. I think, you know, people are going to... It's going to take a little time to absorb this. Um, Yes, but not as long as you think, people. Especially if you get your vernacular desert rules. So get yourself in the mood. You could put on Lawrence of Arabia or go to the beach. Where there's sand. Where there's lots of sand. And just look at... Be playing in the sand. Your wife's going to say, what are you doing? Say, I'm... Practicing crest status and wadis. It'll inspire you. Wadis and hamadas, honey. And she'll say, I want a divorce as soon as possible. So until then, folks, remember to roll low. And rally low. Well, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone. I don't think the word wadi was ever used in Lawrence of Arabia or Hamada. I don't think so. Did you ever see the footage, historical footage, of them German guys putting the eggs on the tank in the desert? Oh, and no. And it fries it up in like it? 30 really? seconds. Really? Yeah. They could open a restaurant there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>